I'm Courtney. And I'm Allison. And we're Courtney and Allison, and this is the Double X Files, a podcast that is sometimes about the X Files two day. Allison, it's about that soft focus. Oof. So soft, so mm. focused. I just want to put it between two pillowy loaves of white bread and just put it right in my mouth. I really, I feel like I really didn't think you could get horny in the first 23 seconds of this podcast, (laughs) but you really proved me wrong. Very true. I like to keep you guessing. (laughs) This is about season five, episode 15, Travelers. Travelers. It was a bad episode. It was a roof. Not like that it was maybe racist or sexist or transphobic or xenophobic. It was just, well, probably a little xenophobic. Uh, It was just like a... Just a bad episode. Just boring and it's like, I don't care about these people. Do we know what happened? No. No, we don't. uh, We're going to, you know, we're going to level with you right off the bat. Do we know what happened in this episode? We don't. We don't. We have no idea. We'll piece it together? Maybe. That's the service that we provide to you. If you are looking at, you just downloaded this episode and like, why is this a 23 minute episode of the Double X Files? What's going on? It's because we don't care about this episode. And we don't know what happened in it. So, what just bullshit a lot? Uh, yep. Okay, let's do the description. Season 5, episode 15, Travelers. Mulder questions a former FBI agent about an X-File case from the 1950s, which may have involved his father. So this is one of those episodes where it's like, well, you know, Gillian Anderson is busy finishing filming Fight the Future, mm-hmm. and Mulder, or David Duchovny, he's there, but you know, whatever. He's um, a professional, so he did all of his scenes one take. <laughs> Done. Yep. Done. That's why they're so good. <laughs> I want to draw your attention, Allison. Now, this is a not a visual medium, but I do want to draw attention to you uh, to what is happening between us. Oh, what would that be? Look. <laughs> Cute listeners, it's very cute what's happening between us. My dog, Pepper Jack, he's a bed bug. He loves to just snuggle under the covers. And so <laughs> us two fat jackasses are taking up most of the bed. So he's just just really struggled in between us into a blankie and his little head's poking out. It's very cute. It's like he's podcasting too. Aw, co-host. Uh, Pepper, what do you think about the episode? It was rough. Oh, thanks, Pep. I don't care for that joke. <laughs> it was rough, it was rough. <laughs> we don't need a Scrappy Doo here. <laughs> He's cooler than Scrappy Doo. Okay, Allison. Uh huh. Ooh. Okay. We go to a house. It's 1990. It's not. Hey, it's 1990. It's 1990. Anything goes. Welcome to the 90s, friends. There's a police officer. Yeah. And a really bad landlord. And they're going to evict this man, Edward Skurr. In a big old, big old boarded up house. It looks like the Peacock's house. It does. Probably was the same one. Could be. And there is the second oldest man on this earth. Yes. He's very suspicious. Yeah. And then the police officer comes inside and then he sees the first oldest man (laughs) in the bathtub. He got no nothing inside of him. He's just all sucked dry. And um, the landlord 
he does a barf. Yeah, he does turn around and do a barf on the stairs. We don't see it, though. Uh, yeah, no, we really expected better. We thought that you would show us the barf, you cowards, <laughs> but you did not, and that's a shame. You show us little things coming out of mouths. You show us whole, like, bo- burnt bodies all over a bridge. Show us the barf. What Let's are you afraid see. of? What did he eat? I want to see what he ate. I want to know the consistency. Corn? Did he eat corn? Ooh, that's a rough one. What do you think is the wor- worst barf? Noodles. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know that thing of when, like, you Mm. eat something and you get sick right afterwards? Not necessarily the thing you ate that made you sick, but then you never want to eat it again? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Spaghetti is really bad. When I was a kid, I just kept eating Mm -hmm, until I was mm -hmm, sick mm -hmm. all the time. Same. And one of the things was spaghetti. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, just loading up on spaghetti. (laughs) And so the noodles, they come out of you, but sometimes you're like breathing in and so they go up your nose oh yeah it's the worst feeling in the world before i got super sick uh in november what the like the last thing i ate before it really kicked in was a big bowl of ramen oh no and i have not eaten ramen since you shouldn't it's gross hey because then it comes out at you yeah sure it does it's It's deeply unpleasant anyway we didn't see this barf but we did see a a sucked up body and we wanted to see the barf (laughs) Hey, maybe that's your kink. Check that one off. <laughs> there you go, guys. The police officer shoots this old, the second oldest the man old in the man. world. Yeah, yeah. The second oldest man. Second oldest man. And he's got some, he opens his mouth. This is just a goo around the corners oh, of his goo. little mouth. Now, this reminds me, speaking of our third paw caster. Okay. Pepper Jack. He did a barf. <laughs> I have heard the barf story and I would love for our listeners to enjoy it. So my... My pepper jack, my dear sweet pepper jack, he's a ho- he's a hoover. So if anything is spilled on the ground, he'll just dum dum dum. He'll just <laughs> snail around and lick it up. So I bought some um like I guess it's called Punjabi mix mm-hmm. where it's like spicy little corn crisps and peas and peanuts and it's spicy. It's pretty spicy. And my poor my poor pepperino he hoovered a couple. I spilt some and he hoovered some up. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Oh, spicy. Oh, ah." And he drank a lot of water. Then I took him out on a walk, <laughs> and our neighbors had uh, their grandson over, who's 10 years old, mm-hmm. and he loves dogs. Aww. So he came out to pet Pepper, and Pepper, his little nubby tail was wagging, and then he started shaking. <sighs> and then he gave me the side eye, like, what's wrong? <laughs> and uh, and the kid's like, oh, why is he shaking? Is he cold? I'm like, no, he's probably either hungry or excited or tired. Who knows? And then Pepper... He doesn't hork. He doesn't mm-hmm. cough. He just opens his mouth and a big stream of dog bark <laughs> just comes and hit this child's pants. <laughs> and this child looks so distraught like I was petting a dog and it was good. And now it is not good because I got dog. And he looks so fr- flustered and he goes, I have to change my pants before I go see Rampage. <laughs> Because if I don't, The Rock will look through the screen and see my pants and he'll know I'm a dirty barf boy. <laughs> you got to look your best for Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Always. So this is, he's. <laughs> oh, I'm going to dog barf. That was the first time he barfed. He barfed three other times. Aw, Pip. He was just, he was just not happy last night. He's happy. To, he's happy now, though. Yeah, he's pretty cute. We had a good snuggle. Yeah. Anyway. So the old second oldest man, he dog barfed. Yeah. He opened his mouth and barf came up. Uh Uh-huh. And he also said, Mulder. He did say Mulder. And that's an X-File. That is what we call an X-File. Okay. I'm really stretching it out here. 
<laughs> yep, because the rest is going to be 10 minutes. <laughs> baby Mulder. Baby, comes. little baby 1990 Mulder. Now, how do we know it's baby Mulder? Because of his little bangs. His hair. And he's got like a, just like a cherubic look about him. His, what? Cherubic? What is that? You know his little fat baby angels? <laughs> Cherubs? Yeah, cherubic. Oh, I like it. Mm, it's a good word. look like a fat baby angel. <laughs> a chubby baby angel. Aww. His his hair signifies the passage of time. Yes, absolutely. Uh, this one, he's a little less cocky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's, he's not like, as annoying. Excuse me, sir. Please, sir. Please, sir. And he knocks on a police, no, F, old, old FBI, FBI agent door. And he says, I have an X-file about this man named Edward Skur, And he died, but he said my dad's name? So yeah. I need to know things. And you're the FBI agent on the case, so why don't you tell me about it sometime? Okay, the FBI agent says. Well, he said, it tells him to go away Oh, the well, first time. That, I really, we're going to condense this, Allison. Okay. We're just going to. So I thought, okay, this is, we're like 10 minutes in this episode. Is Scully going to get here? No. Nope. None. None Scully. None Scully. <laughs> None Scully, none Skinner, a little bit of Mulder, and that's the worst combination of all three. Left X-Files with none Scully. <laughs> I don't like it. So this whole episode is this is a flashback. Yeah. Is this FBI agent telling a story. It's just this old story from the 50s. Like, why do we care about any of these people? I'm not invested in any of these people. And they all look the same. Yeah, it's just a bunch of, it's like, hey, you like the 1950s? You like a bunch of old white guys? Enjoy. <laughs> In hats and baggy pants? Here you go. And it's like, no, man, I couldn't care less. Uh, this was not the episode for us. It wasn't the episode for us. It was a very bad episode. Number one, the soft focus, I Ugh. could not stand. Yeah, they did soft focus. They they had actually bleached the film to make it look older. They would have left it in for another, like, ten minutes, so it would have been bleached <laughs> completely. <laughs> Like a fucking art project. Just erase the whole damn thing, why don't 45 you? minutes of, like, bleached film. I could get into it. Avant-garde X-Files? Yes. Oh. If you were to create a art exhibit. Yeah. At, like, a, one of those Dadaist, like, fucking freaky-sheaky yeah. art exhibits with the X-Files. Mm-hmm. What would it be? Um, it would be a lot of stills of characters, like, with just, like, looking, like, surprised with their mouths open. <laughs> and then I kind of, like, use food mixed media to paint in the barf that we're not permitted to see. <laughs> and then there would be puddles on the ground. Yeah. Too. And then you, you oh. don't step in those. But, like, and then the name of the exhibit is Where's the Barf? <laughs> Chris Carter, your colon. Chris Carter, you your you coward. Yeah, where's the barf? Where's the barf? I like that one. Mm-hmm. What would yours be? Same. <laughs> okay, so you, now you're just copying me. <laughs> or we work on it together. Are we? I would. I would provide the food. Yeah. I would preach you all the food. Oh, perfect. That's ideal. I know. Okay, I got it. It will be um. It will be a, a piece where. I will be creating the barf. Oh, yeah. That you will be using. And I'll be painting it onto the photos. Yeah. So you... Oh. The... Allison. Mm -hmm. Get this. Okay. Two-room exhibit. The first one is me in a glass case. Oh. I'm in my jam jams. Yeah. I've got my couch. i got my TV. They are putting on every single episode of the X-Files. It does not stop. Episode one, season one to episode whatever, season 11. I'm not allowed out of that box until it stops. Okay, interesting, interesting. They feed me through a tube, but there's no toilet. (laughs) And whatever leavings I have, Mm -hmm. 
either out the top or out the bottom, I'm going to push through a secondary tube that goes into a bucket, and you are going to use that medium no, to paint. No, but I don't want to paint shit coming out of their mouth. Well, it could be. Oh, but that's a metaphor. <laughs> now we're getting deeper. Right? Allison. This is a very good Ooh, idea. It's a very good idea. Let's do it. You're gonna. They're going to need to feed you a lot of corn. <laughs> I knew. I do love corn. And some noodles. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Mm. Did I? My sister, I gotta tell you, she uh, she was really into uh, like public created art, mm-hmm. and she wanted to create um a public art piece wherein the internet would tell her what to eat, and then she would take pictures of her poop. Damn, that's that's dope. But but it's the internet, so it'd probably go very wrong. Oh, it would absolutely just be like only beats. <laughs> And then it'd be like, I'm dying. <laughs> Just a lot of carrots. Please. Mm, that pumpkin poop. Mm. Mm. That's a good poop. Anyway, if anyone wants to steal that idea, go ahead. And if you'd like to know what our top five poops are... <laughs> Check in. I thought this was going to be a short episode, but apparently we're just going to talk about art for like 20 minutes. Hey, love art. It's good. It's good, actually. But hey, sometimes actually, it's good. Sometimes it makes you think. Not this episode, though. Nope. Okay. Skr. Skr. He did? He ain't skrrred. <laughs> no. Is he dead? He dead. Maybe? Well, because now we're, are we in the past now? We're in the past. We're in the past. In the- oh, no, shit. Okay, I forgot. Okay. So, Skr is fingered <laughs> as a communist. In the past. In the 1950s. So, we're in the 1950s. Joseph McCarthy is, he's there. Yeah. He's and, ready to and party. And he just fingers Skr right in front of everybody. He's fingering everyone. Everyone's getting fingered. <laughs> in the 50s? It was happening. <laughs> everyone's fingernails were kept real short. Uh-huh. And they were just ready to party. <laughs> All the time, 24-7. Like, let's get down to it. I know what you like. You know what? That's how they found communists back then. They're like, show us your fingernails. You know what's so crazy, though? Like, I wish that was the case. Because then th- just what? think about, like, how good everyone would be at it by now. Right? Because, you know, some people. Not good? Not good. Not great? Let me tell you, there's nothing better than a good fingering. Oh, boy. Right? <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> it's just it's just sometimes the best sometimes there's things fingers can do that just other parts can't <laughs> can we put that into our museum or- yes <laughs> that'll be next door the fingering exhibit <laughs> where you take the food and you just play with it or I just, like just like specialized nail art <laughs> <laughs> yes oh yes <laughs> interesting okay so people are crazy for communists. Everyone's getting, yep. We're Everyone's getting fingered. Uh-huh. And so there's two FBI agents, and they're going to get this guy who was fingered uh, a communist. His name is Ed- Ed- Edward Skr. And he's the he's the second oldest man in the earth who, who, who barfed in the first scene. Right? That was him. Yes. Yes. So the FBI agents come to Skr's house, and the wife is there, and they're like, can we talk to your husband? And she's like, why, sure. And then they come in and they grab Skr, and Skr says, I'm a family man. <laughs> yes, he does. I don't do no fingering. <laughs> and there's like five children there watching his Just dinner. staring. <laughs> Intently. 
Anyway, he goes to jail and then he tries to kill him. He kills himself? Yeah, what but before, before he there? goes to jail, my favorite line of dialogue from what? this episode what? is that when they're they're um taking him away, one of the guys, the not the main guy, the old guy, but yeah. the other guy says to him, I'll plant one right in your keister. Courtney, does that mean he's going to... That means one of two things, Courtney. What? He's either going to punch him in the butt... <laughs> Or he's going to kiss him on the butt. Maybe a punch, then a kiss. Yeah. Punch, kiss. A little, little combo action. Punch, kiss. <laughs> Punching in the butt, it hurts. Yeah, you don't want to get punched in the butt. No. No. So probably, I would say, top five worst places to get punched. Yeah. But now, like, even on the butt, it varies. Because, mm-hmm. like, you get punched on the cheek, but if someone punches you directly in your asshole, <laughs> you're never going to recover. You're never gonna be the same. You just take a very small fist and you punch it right in the brown eye. Yeah, and then Ooh. it's just like, well, I can never return to work. I have to abandon my family. I've been punched directly in the asshole, and there's just nothing left for me on this planet. One of the things I desperately want to watch right now, as you just said, that is a slow motion vi- uh, video of someone getting slapped on the butt. <laughs> That would With be that good. that jiggle? Yeah. Mm. Love the jiggle. Mm-hmm. The wave. <laughs> the jiggle wave. Okay. So, the so. FBI... What is this main FBI agent? What's his... his name's Arthur Dales. Gosh, you're very good. Good job. Thanks. Dales. He is upset because Edward Skur maybe killed himself? In jail. In jail. But then later, he's driving outside Skur's house, and he sees him. He says, hey, Skur, it's me. And they do some garbage wrestling. Yep. And then a little, a couple of fingos, (laughs) a couple of fresh fingos poke themselves out of Skur's mouth. They try to get all up in Dale's business. He's like, no, thank you, fingos. I don't think so. Some long Cheeto fingers. (laughs) It's the fingering motif again. Oh, no! (laughs) It's everything. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. This episode is about fingering now. I'm very sorry. (laughs) Imagine if there's like a flute player in this. Wild. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, the little things just come out of that guy's mouth. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they were implanted there by the government. By the government. Why? Mm, I don't know. But it's an X-File. Mm-hmm. This apparently is one of the first X-Files. Yeah. So, what's his name? Old guy. Second, no, third oldest man on the earth. Soft Rock? No. <laughs> The FBI agent. The main FBI agent. Arthur Dales. The, Arthur Dales. Okay. So he saw something freaky. He yeah. saw some weird freaky fingering. Uh-huh. <laughs> not the good kind. No. The bad mouth kind. Okay. And so in order to get more information, he goes to where everyone goes to get more information. The old spaghetti factory. Old spaghetti. <laughs> now this booth. Yes. It's very good. Very familiar. That Now, this booth, uh, that's the, the Spagat's privacy booth. Yeah. Where you have to, you're going to just mess up some breadsticks. Oh, you are going to get wet and wild with a plate of spaghetti, and you cannot have anyone see you. It's... Sometimes your coworkers, they also come to spaghetti for lunch. They cannot be allowed to see what you're about to do to that plate of ravioli because it is going to be disgusting. Is there, wait, I don't think there's ravioli at the old spaghetti factory. Do they not? They only have spaghetti. spaghetti. It's just spaghetti. Maybe some angel hair. I was going to ask about angel hair. <laughs> yes, I do think there is. You don't think they hair. have linguine? You don't no. think they have spaghetti? They just no. press it flat? You mean linguine? You mean flat spaghetti? 
You got me. This is a discount pasta place. If you want linguine, you're going to have to press it yourself, sir. <laughs> okay. My bad. You get free spumoni. What else do you possibly oh, God, want? God, yes. That's the best thing about old spaghetti. Yeah, free spumoni. Free spumoni. Mm. It's the only place you'll ever eat spumoni. That's true. <gasps> have you ever had spumoni outside the old spaghetti factory? I've seen it at gelato places, but, but do I whoa, order whoa, it? Whoa, no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You've seen it. But I've not ordered it. Have you tasted it outside? No. Maybe it's just an illusion. Can I tell you what I like about the spumoni from Old Spaghetti? It's got them like little treasures inside of it. It comes in the, you know, okay, you know. Oh, yeah. You know the Neapolitan you get where it comes in bricks of like strawberry, vanilla, yeah, chocolate, it's not yeah. all mixed together? That's the spumoni of the Old Spaghetti is like that. Yeah. So you got your pistachio, you got your white. Cherry. <laughs> you got your white. <laughs> and then you got your cherry. Yeah. And it's like your separate blocks and I like that. Is it like supposed to be like the Italian flag? Yes. Oh, that's nice. Sure. You don't know. Or the or the Irish one where the cherry's a little bit off. It's orange <laughs> instead, motherfuckers. Everywhere else I've seen spumoni has been like marbled. But only oh. at the old spaghetti do you get your your spumone in blocks. I thought you were going to talk about these these custom spumoni bowls. Those are good. They're like metal and then when they come to you it's got like a frost on it. Yeah, like a fucking A&W root beer mug. Oh boy. Mm. Spaghetti Factory sponsor us. Now I will say about Spumoni, huh? The name very sexual. How so? <laughs> Just sounds like Spumon me, Spumon you. <laughs> It sounds like it might be a slang term for ejaculate. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> okay. That's what you use the shame booth for. Yeah, then you gotta be in the shame booth to have your spumoni. Because <laughs> just in case. Your spaghetti and spumone. <laughs> then the, you have, you know, you don't oh. want to have to ask for another napkin in front of I everybody. Got, like, I just, I love, I love it. It was a very big part of my childhood. Yeah. Did you know the old spaghetti factory was founded by two brothers, and then they hated each other, so one went to Canada, one went to the United States, and that's why the spaghetti is slightly different in both places. How? It's One is thicker than mm. the other. So it's kind of like a pissing contest. Yeah. Interesting. We've got that good thick spaghetti. <laughs> well, we've got that thin spaghetti. Mm, thick spaghetti is bigger. Well, it's how you use it. I can see this. Yeah, yeah, Should yeah. Should we do a biopic? About... Oh, yeah. It'd be like um, Devil in White City, only about this old spaghetti factory. Because <laughs> old spaghetti factories are pretty much like murder palaces. Yeah. They're pretty, like, long and windy. And They're people palaces where you pay to murder yourself <laughs> with spaghetti. <laughs> okay, this is no longer about the X-Files, because I also have an old spaghetti fa- uh, factory story that I have to tell you. Okay, welcome to, uh, what's the name of our old spaghetti factory uh, podcast? <laughs> Spumoni! <laughs> exclamation mark. Spumoni! Exclamation mark colon. A spaghetti factory podcast. Uh, parentheses. Not about the X Files in parentheses. As a, as a family, uh, a four person family of a white m- middle class America, mm-hmm. we used to go to the spaghetti factory a lot. Okay. And we used to go to one in Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. And Portland, Oregon, is it is like the magic castle. Like it is a fucking magic castle full of spaghetti. Hmm. And they used to have a magician at the front when you're waiting to get uh, your spaghetti. That's wild. And one time the magician picked me to do a trick. And the trick was here, put two foam rabbits 
in your fist and close the fist and then open up your fist and then there's four of them because the rabbit's fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Dirty old spaghetti factory magicians making the rabbits fuck in your hand. That's not allowed. To this day, to this day, I saw those two foam rabbits go into my small child fist. I closed them and I felt there being more rabbits in my fist. And then I opened it and my fist was overflowing with foam rabbits. They had twins. I don't know how it happened. They fucked. It was spaghetti factory magic. Oh, boy. That magician (laughs) earned his complimentary spumoni. That's all he gets. So the rabbits. I just wish there were more restaurants with, like, magicians. I don't. Oh, my God. No. There's just, like, magical places. Magical kids' places. I don't, like, uh, at a restaurant, there is a contract. I don't want anything to happen there between me going in, ordering food, being served food, eating the food, paying for the food, and leaving. Are you kidding? What about, like, menutainment? What is menutainment? Are you kidding me? Menutainment is a great product of the 1990s, wherein you take your kids, your 2.5 kids, to a restaurant, and they're all horrible children, so you also have to entertain them. So that's where you get stuff like the Rainforest Cafe, Mm. Bubba Gump Shrimp, Mm. Dick's Last Resort, Mm. Margaritaville. Okay, I hear what you're saying, but I, no, I'm not interested. Oh. Like, no magicians, no no balloon animal makers. If anyone even tries to make eye contact with me while holding anything with a candle in it, it's not my fucking birthday. <laughs> okay, can I can I give you another? Let me propose another recipe. Okay. As a kid growing up in Hamilton, Ontario, there's a place in Toronto called the Organ Grinder. Ooh. Allison, uh-huh. this was, again, a magic castle full of delights. You go in. There are... The whole restaurant is lined with, like, different instruments. Each instrument has a string attached to the organ. And when the clock strikes on the hour, every hour, the organ grinder comes and plays his organ. Also, magically, all of the restaurant, uh, uh, like, devices on the walls also play along with I it. I don't like it. It's so cool. No. The only thing I will accept to additionally have at a restaurant, besides the things I've outlined, is a firm fingering if I am oh. in a privacy booth. <laughs> Well, then you'll have to go to the old spagats then. Yeah, they got those privacy booths. <laughs> Mess me up. Give me my breadsticks and a little something extra. Thank you. Here's your tip. Okay. At the old spaghetti factory. <laughs> <laughs> and we were worried we'd have nothing to talk about. We should have known better. In the old spaghetti factory, uh, the FBI agent and Fox Mulder's dad, Mr. Mulder. No, not dad. His not dad. His not dad. Mr. Moeller comes and says, what does he even say? Do you remember what he says, this man? Absolutely not. I think it was just like the government is bad and does bad things and we got nothing. We can't do anything about it. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Them's the breaks. It's the 50s. Things are bad. Right? That's it. Not for us. We're white guys. (laughs) But for everyone else, pretty bad. But really, it's so bad for us. Don't forget about all the other marginalized people. Just, we're having a hard time. People keep saying we're communists. Dang. As this is going on in the old Spaghetti Factory, mm-hmm. I want to go to your favorite character, the, the the one character 
that really lifted us up. It made me oh you, so happy. You stood up. I did. I almost applauded. What, who tell us about this character? Uh, okay, so Arthur Dale's partner goes home, yeah. and when he gets home, he is greeted by his large marmalade cat, <laughs> Myrtle. 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 Myrtle is just lounging on oh. the couch, and she does this weird like body contortion. <laughs> and I got so excited about this cat that I stood up and I bent over the coffee table with my hands on it, just braced, ready. <laughs> And Allison shouted, finger me now! <laughs> Just so excited about this cat. I was very excited about the cat. So the, what does the cat do? Uh, the cat knocks over the man's beer. And the man get real he angry. He gets very upset with Myrtle. And you know what? She's a cat. It's not her fault. <laughs> she, she just do cat stuff. Just doing what she do. And then... Edward Skur comes, mm-hmm. and he finger the policeman. His mouth bug fingers the policeman's <laughs> mouth. Ooh. Ooh, is this is when we see the real good mouth-to-mouth. Yeah, this was a really awful, like, the bug slides from his mouth to the other mouth, and it's just like, Ugh. Why wouldn't you, if you were Edward Skur, wouldn't you, like, close your mouth after I don't, the bug escapes? I don't know if he can. Well, it looked like the bug finished. Like, yeah, finished no. coming out. Yeah. So just, like, close your mouth. Well, but there's still goo in there that's, like, remember? More bugs? Remember? At the beginning of the episode? No. He's got all that goo on his mouth? Yeah. It's just the more goo is going to come out. <laughs> more goo. More goo. You know, every time you think it's all the goo, there's more goo in there. <laughs> just goo forever. Just a lot of goo. He ate some Punjabi mix off the floor and just started, <laughs> <laughs> just started dog barfing everywhere. <laughs> and now the cop's like, oh, but I was going to go see Rampage. <laughs> Dwayne the Rock Johnson's going to be so disappointed. <laughs> I got to change out of my sweatpants. I promised him I wouldn't have barf on me this time. Anyway, this is an X-File. Yes. So the main cop, he's talking to the secretary, and he's very frustrated because all of this is censored. And he's like, why is it censored? And the, the, the secretary's like, because it's an X-File. Freaky things are happening. Oh, no. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and then she shows him the floor, the, the drawer in the filing cabinet where all the X-Files are. And she tells him, like, hey, there was this other guy that died. Which we saw happen previously in the yeah. episode, but we forgot about Did we? it. Oh, yep. okay. Uh, it's fine. And um, yeah, it's just kind of like, it is what it is. But this is pretty cool part. This is the part that we actually kind of paid attention to. Yeah. Uh, he goes to the morgue and he says, I want you to cut this man open. Yeah. <laughs> and so they cut the man open. Mm-hmm. There are a bug in there. There is a bug in now, there. Now, here's the thing. They cut this man open. Mm-hmm. There are a bug in there. Mm-hmm. What do they do with it? <laughs> that's a good question just put a big cup over it and put a note that says do not lift this cup don't touchy <laughs> don't look in here it's a big bug it's not for you wait like they kind of left that hanging they huh? really did what did they do with that big bug <laughs> do they just slowly close the door like well we were never here <laughs> this is bug land now we need to leave now it's just gonna be a bug in the fbi there's going to be like a gremlin situation yeah. where the bugs live in the in the sewer. No, he becomes the... one of the agents. Oh, pitch me that show. <laughs> Tell me that story. Okay. Well, it's kind of like a Doogie Howser situation. Uh-huh. Um, the bug, you know, he's not that old. He's just like, but he's like, actually, you know, when he, once he gets in there, they, he's really good at solving crimes. Does he get a really small hat? Yes, absolutely. And he's like, I'm a bug. He actually opens the basement office where the X-Files is. <gasps> 
Because they're racist against him, they put him down in the basement. They're bug racists. Yes. Excellent. Okay, okay, okay. So he lives in the basement, and he takes up all the X-Files, mm-hmm. the Xenophiles. Mm-hmm. Oh! And he stores them, and then he starts to investigate. Yeah. Interesting. I like this. Hmm. Mm. Bug files. The bug files. <laughs> so basically what we learn is that there's this German doctor, this German Nazi doctor that came over to the States. He's been oh. plant, planting bugs in people without them knowing. And now the bugs are you doing murders. And the, these people are being fingered as communists. Because they want to keep the, the, the Nazi thing Nazi secret. secret. Yes. Um, which is like, fine, whatever. I guess so. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so Edward Skur goes to his home because he, he does. And... Um, <laughs> No, his wife, oh, his wife talks to Arthur Dales, who says yeah. he wants to help Edward Skr, and then she goes down into their bomb shelter, because some, something about 1950s TV just really wants you to think that every middle-class family could afford a bomb shelter in the 1950s, which is... could Not really, no. no. Unless you had a pool. There'd be a lot more bomb shelters around. That's true. If they could. Have you heard about the Diefenbunker? Yes. Oh, it says you can go down there. Hey, that's dope. I didn't yeah. know that. The, uh, in Ottawa, we had a we had a, gr- a real special prime minister during the Cold War called Diefenbaker, and he had a very tricked out Cold War bunker <laughs> called the Diefenbunker, and now you can go in and tour in it. That's pretty cool. He was a very awful man. It's a bad man. Yep. So Edward Skr, his wife, come down, and she's like, "Hey, this guy's gonna try to help you." And he's like, "No, don't. I'm so sweaty." And then he kill his wife. No, bug it, eat his wife. The bug it. Yeah, he opened his mouth, and the bug eat is my wife my wife my wife (laughs) remember that it was like remember that it was the from the borat that was in 1990 right yeah the borat said it hold on what year was borat oh lord you okay guess best guesstimate i'm gonna say 2007 2006 my friend (gasps) it's nice it's not it's very nice (laughs) i was so close that was sure a time capsule, huh? That was a time for sure, man. <laughs> so his, yeah, he kills his wife, and then he goes to meet Arthur Dale uh, back at the old spaghetti. I flipped over my notes to you see have nothing left. What else is on there? They are nothing. It's nothing. That's okay. I'm, I'm almost do uh, it. to the end of my notes. Good, do okay, it. Okay, so he goes uh, to Old Spaghetti and he meets up with Arthur Dales and then Arthur Dales says, oh, I spoke to your wife. And then, and he, then says, he says, my, my wife, wife is dead. <laughs> A bug eater. And uh, he, so they get in a fight. They get in a fight because Edward just can't control himself. His bug's got to eat. And then Mulder and another guy are in a car listening to the whole thing. Cause Not Fox Mulder, the, the no, daddy they, Mulder. They've set, they've set up Arthur Dales. Yes. Um, and so they're listening to the whole thing. And then as they get in the fight, uh, Edward says, they're not coming. And then Courtney said, I'm not either. <laughs> Which I thought we should highlight. And then uh, one of the few episodes I did not come. <laughs> he manages uh, to get a leg up on the bug man and uh, the bugman and um, handcuffs him to a thing, gets away. And then the people, they rush in and they're like, hey, 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 what's going on here? And then uh, he's like, will you set me up? Because he's a bug crime person. <laughs> and- <laughs> what's the moral of the story? Literally, I think the only message is the government does bad things. The government can finger you at any time for any reason. And Mulder, your daddy was a bad, bad fingering man. <laughs> and that's why your mother fucked <laughs> the ghost of Ronald Reagan, who, as we all know, was an accomplished fingerman. I mean, all those jelly beans. Yeah. Right? Yeah. A little sticky. 
I mean, you learn a lot in Hollywood, I'll say that. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) With that chimpanzee. Oh, boy. (laughs) So uh, then we go back to the 90. um, And Mulder is like... And then we all jump out the window. Mulder's like, gee, mister, thank you for telling me your story. I I would love to know what my dad had to do with it. Uh, And also, what happened to that guy when you... I we never heard about him again. And the guy's like, I don't know, maybe someone let him go. And then we flash back again in 1952, and Mulder's dad lets the guy go for reasons that are not well explained in the script. Well, no, it says that they just, like, they want... It says he let him go in hopes that it would bring light to his crimes. That doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. That he could do more bug crimes? Yeah. Interesting. It's like letting a fish go. What? It's like when you go fishing... You catch a fish, and, okay. and then you look the fish dead in the eye, and you're like... I know what you did. Yeah. <laughs> you judge the fish for its fish crimes. And then you let it go, and you're like, I hope everyone finds out about this fish's crime. <laughs> I know what you did to your wife. <laughs> and then the fish is like, my wife, we'll be here all week, try the fish. <laughs> but don't ask what it did. I think fishes can do bad crimes. I think fish can definitely do crimes. Like, number one, their poop is a crime. Have you seen fish's <laughs> poop? It's this long, like, string. Yeah. I don't like that. No. Don't like that. Not not interested. Number two, the gills? Are the gills, do you think the gills are, are a crime? Are you kidding me? They let them breathe. They're a crime against God. God made them. God gave us all lungs for a purpose. Did God do a crime against yourself? <laughs> yes. Fish and pot. God did not give us all lungs for a purpose. What are you talking about? All animals have lungs. We're not doing this again. Name an animal that does not have lungs. Fishes are sins. (laughs) Fishes are dirty sinners that don't use their lungs. They choose not to use their lungs. Bugs. Bugs have lungs. Do they? (laughs) Whoa. How do bugs breathe? (laughs) Okay. Whoa. Whoa. Do bugs breathe? (laughs) Courtney, you're not even high. Okay. Let's rate this fucker. I rate on spooky scale. One is I will have a good sleep. Five is I will never sleep again. This is .035. I will never, ever remember this episode once I shut my eyes. Yeah. Uh, I read it on a rage scale. It goes from one, which means great app. Loved it. Did super good work, team. Really enjoyed the thing. Uh goes all the way to My Struggle 3, which is the worst episode we've ever watched. I'm going to give this an 8 because it's fucking blue. Really blue. Just really blue. It just, like, wasn't interesting. There's no reason to have any, to have any interest or, like... Stakes in these characters because they don't give a shit about them. And they all look the same. Except for the cat, obviously. The cat was very good. You said that there was a reason why this was written. Do you remember? Yeah, I do. Um, So this episode was written as a tribute to Howard Dimsdale, who was a screenwriter that was victimized by the Hollywood blacklist in the 1950s. He actually taught... At he actually taught at the American Film Institute in LA, and two of his students were executive producer Frank Spotnitz and co-producer Josh Shaban. So the two of them wanted to kind of uh, write this as a tribute to their teacher, who they knew had been um, victimized in the 1950s uh, because he was, I guess, a suspected communist. Um, and that's a nice idea. The episode itself just, I think, didn't make a lot of sense in the context of the show and quality. And goodness. <laughs> oh. Hey. Hey. You want to talk about some 
balls. Courtney, I think you know that I would love to talk balls with you. <laughs> Talking balls. Talking balls. Come and tell us, dude, about the spooky thing that happened to you. Because we'll never tell you that we don't believe you. Unless we get abducted, we will never leave you. We want to hear about your personal X-File. In the episode, they mentioned xenotrans... Trans... Transplantation? Yeah. What is that? Uh, it's the idea of taking um, a part of one animal and transplanting it into another animal. Yes. Now... We do this, humans do this all the time, like pig valves. Yeah. And ba- like I think the first one was a baboon heart. Uh, but did you know there was a doctor who liked to play with balls? I am not shocked to hear that. Specifically, chimpanzee balls. Oh, boy. Specifically putting champ- chimpanzee balls into humans. Interesting. This man is named Dr. Voronoff. Mm. Uh, you can actually, there is a great episode of Sawbones on him. Oh, yeah, and, there is. Yeah, so I remember that. They'll probably do a better job than I will, but I we'll, want to We'll talk- put a link to it. Yeah. Atlas Obscura actually does a really good one, so I'm going to read a little bit about that. So, in Dr. Voronoff's 1920 book, Life, a Study of the Means of Restoring Vital Energy and Prolonging Vice, Voronoff says the sex gland stimulates cerebral activity as well as muscular energy, to an amorous passion. It pours into the stream of blood a species of vital fluid, (laughs) which restores the energy of all the cells and spread happiness. To Voronoff, the process of taking healthy sexual gland tissue, such as a bit of monkey testicles, and sewing them into the testicles of an aging human was to inject the body with youth itself. So this is like kind of like an early Viagra. Yeah. Monkey testicles. Sensual medicine. Monkey testicles. So he he did a lot of, like, learning and and transplanting, but this is in the 1920s. This is where things get real freaky. Uh, Dr. Voronoff's first monkey testicle to man testicle (laughs) xenograph occurred in July 1920. He is said to have taken a small scrap of young monkey testicle. Not some of that old monkey testicle. No, you got to get that young stuff. Uh, Just a few centimeters wide and a few millimeters thin and sewn it right into the patient's scrotum. Okay. Just like a patch. Yeah, just like... Like a like a Viagra patch. Okay. Voronoff uh, contested that the procedure could do everything from return youthful energy to curing uh, schizophrenia to radically prolonging life. Okay. An increase in sexual ability was also, of course, implied, tended to become the focus of interest in his work, despite Voronoff's repeated assertions that any romantic improvements were just a side of... Mm, interesting. So you're telling me that if I sew a small piece of monkey balls onto my scrotum... Yeah. I will become amazing at fingering. Does, does, does the testicle factor into the fingering? Well, it said it would increase your sexual ability. I guess so. Maybe it goes to your tippy tips. Is that across the board or is he talking mm. like? I think just nutting. Just nutting. I okay, think it's it just, just means nutting. you're, so yeah. it's not actually your, because I would consider your sexually ability, your sexual ability, your ability to please your partner. No, oh, this is the 1920s. Yeah, so he's talking about like just it's it's every just man nutting. for himself. Just nutting. Just, just just your nut particularly will be better. Your partner's not unaffected. <laughs> Nutless. <laughs> Nutless in Seattle. By na- ooh, interesting. That's a porno I want to see. By 1923, Voronoff was the director of the experimental laboratory at Collège de France, and his testicular graphs gained such popularity. Listen to this. That a special reserve was being set up in Africa specifically to capture and maintain monkeys for glandular transfer. Could you imagine that conversation between monkeys? They're going to the spa. 
They're like, hey, we're going to the spa. It's real good. They really just, they palpitate things. And it's real. Oh, oh, there go my ball. <laughs> oh, damn. Oh, no. He presented his procedure to thousand, uh, thousands at the International Congress of Surgeons in London, wowing the assembly. <laughs> Look at those balls. Oh, damn. With a seemingly groundbreaking solution to aging and ideally impotence. Wow. People with balls are really into like. Yeah, they're all about boners. figuring out like. Boners 24-7. Man, I mean, I guess when you're, you know, you go through puberty, constantly have a, a boner. Yeah. And then the rest of your life is just about like, how do I continue to how feel do that I continue? way? At the conference, he also toted that his procedures would soon be available to women as well and promised to turn grandmothers into debutantes. Okay, sir. One monkey testicle, please. Voronoff's enthusiasm for shoving monkey testicles into the human body was both ambitious and infectious. <sighs> Get this. By the mid-1920s, at least 300 people had undergone the procedure. My God. Mm, yes. Would you? Would I? If it meant that you could nut so right. <laughs> I mean, I already do, so <laughs> no problem. In 1927, Voronoff claimed his procedure had been performed over a thousand times My God. throughout the world, restoring old people to the strength of their youth. Even more startlingly, Voronov said he had begun to administer, oh, this is very good, the rejuvenating ten- testicle grafts to young sheep, essentially creating a race of super sheep. Super sheep, not necessarily like, I love that his idea of super sheep is not a sheep that, you know, their wool output is better. No. Or like their temperament is better. It's just like, man, these sheep can fuck. <laughs> you want to see a super sheep? These sheep can fuck. It's so, it's so much. <laughs> it's just too, one would say it's too much. Anyway. It's too much to have a sheep that could just fuck so You right. can read about Vornoff's testicle fingering in the article on atlas obscura um did i say the article name it says the article name is the true story of dr ronoff's plan to use monkey testicles to make us immortal damn damn i mean i would yeah Mm -hmm. i think it's time for predictions it is anything could happen based on a name anything could happen when you're playing the prediction game Tell me, Allison, what's it gonna be? A way to dredge up all of your childhood anxiety. Allison, season five, episode 16, Mind's Eye. Mind's Eye. Uh-huh. The eye is in the mind. The eye is in the mind. The mind is in the eye. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, I think this is going to be someone that can manifest things. They see it in their mind's eye and they can manifest okay. it. Okay. Or they make other people see what they want them to see. That's a actual episode of the X-Files. I know. I was just thinking, like, I feel like we already did this. Yes, we did. Okay, so this is something, like, they, they manifest in their mind and then it exists in real life. It's like the computer on the USS Enterprise? Yeah. Okay, okay. That's half point. Yeah, half point for that. And then the other half point is I think that, I think that Skelly is going to get closer with Spender and just dunk on Mulder. Good. That's another half point. Nice. I don't think I got a half point last time. You didn't get any points. No time traveling. Absolutely not. Dang. Well, no there was Groundhog kinda, Day. Hey, there was kind of time traveling. Okay. Well, that's a, just like a really, 
deeper argument. Okay, so you're four and a half and I'm three and a half. Yeah. We'll see what happens next episode. Until then, Allison, how can the Space Cadets get a hold of our shit? You can find us on Twitter and Facebook and uh, Instagram at Double X Files. That's D-O-U-B-L-E. And you can email us at Double X Files Podcast at gmail.com if you want to share your old spaghetti memories. Um, or <laughs> or your menutainment. Yes. What's your favorite menutainment uh, restaurant? And yeah, we just love to hear from you guys. It's it's really nice to know that you're listening and enjoying the show. And also, um, if you are listening and enjoying the show, we would love for you to write us a review because it really helps us get the word out. Yeah. If uh, I remember our rule, if you nutted during this episode, Insta five-star review. Yeah. If you beat it to completion, you owe us. Or if you felt like there was some fingering in your future. Yeah. That too. Okay. Okay. Wow, we did talk a longer longer than I thought. <laughs> talk significantly about spaghetti, and I'm That's very okay. happy. That's okay. I'm okay with talking about the spaghetti factory. They deserve it. Oh yeah, they earned it. God, I hope they sponsor us. I mean, hey. Anyway, we'll go back to that private booth. We'll work something out. <laughs> Until next time, the, the truth, truth is, is out, out there. there. I think that's the most times I've said the word fingering out loud. Oh, prob- Oh, absolutely. 